0: Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash Devastation. I pledge to start from as little as $1. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam?
1: I'm very tired. Oof. I'm gonna try and make it through the rest of the podcast, but I just—I haven't even had that long of a work day. and oh, I just no. like—I got home and just thought, I just can't move. Oof, but luckily, good. podcasting doesn't involve me moving very much, so hopefully, hopefully this will all sound okay, and I will make sense in the things that I say.
0: Awesome. If not, you can always fix it in post.
1: I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think my editing has got a lot better, right? Yeah, I, I think sound, so. Definitely, it all sounds good. Yeah, it all sounds listenable. I think. So I really want to go back to listen to like episode one where I'm like recording through my iPhone microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a microphone and just see how awful it sounds.
0: Yeah, I might do that tomorrow. Just stick it on home and work and just cringe.
1: Oh god, it must be so awful. Ugh. I haven't listened to it since what was it like a year and a half ago? Two years ago? Yeah, I don't it, know yeah.
0: who ago. knows? It's uh...
1: God, it must be horrendous.
0: I like to think we've come a long way since then.
1: I think we have. I hope, I hope so. we have. Yeah. yeah yeah i've had uh i've had a pretty pretty boring week but yesterday i got to do a cube draft in paper
0: oh nice
1: it was very fun yeah that's a always good great. good yeah um uh, my friend adam scott very kindly invited me around to to cube at his house nice it's very good fun it's um i'm gonna stick the the cube list i think it's on cube chair uh, in the show notes if people are interested
0: awesome
1: um but it's really good fun so i, I pack one, pick one, a bird's of paradise <laughs> as, <laughs> as I want to do. <laughs> seems good. Can you remember what else was in the pack? Uh, nothing as good as a bird's of paradise. I sure. sure. <laughs> I can't remember. Like I remember looking through and like not being particularly taken with any of the cards. Yeah. Um, cause I know there's like in his cube specifically, like there's quite a lot of archetypes and like, there's like specific things you can be doing. And like, I think most of the cards were like for specific strategies. Yeah. And I very much like just, to, just like to stay open. Um, when I started draft, so I went pack one, Pack one, pick one was Birds of Paradise. Then pick two was Sylvan Cariotid.
0: Yep, start as you mean to go on.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, maybe I can just get into the ramp deck. And then pa- uh, pick three was Fact or Fiction. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I'm just, just going to take a very powerful card. And then pick four was uh, Mystic Confluence.
0: Yeah, I love that card.
1: I was like, okay, so I'm playing Blue Green. Uh, and then I just kept getting past Mana Dorks. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I picked up a Llanar elves and a uh, Finehorn elves uh, and like an Elves of Deep Shadow. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm doing this then and then i had a pick between there was there was some pick where it was like uh, a very good green card oh no i think it was it was a mold drifter and a kozilek butcher of truth okay and i was like okay well so mold drifter i'm just like never passing if i'm already heavily in blue yeah definitely and Kozilek's look like, really good in the ramp deck, but I'll pick up something else. And then it came back and it was there were two cards left in the pack and one of them was Kozilek. I was like, okay, that <laughs> seems <What? nice." laughs> Yeah, I know right. It was ridiculous. I don't understand how that happened. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was like pretty much the only heavy green drafter. Like yeah. other people were picking up green cards just fine. Green's like, the best colour. It is the best colour. Especially in in a cube that doesn't have any power in it. Yeah. Like just like a legacy cube, I guess. It's probably just the best colour. So yeah, people were just picking up like random green cards for like mid-range decks and stuff, and the person next to me took a prime time, which was very upsetting. Uh-oh. And like, like a green sun zenith was in the same pack as a Dryad Arbor. yeah, which felt very bad. And I was like, oh, the dryadarber's got a wheel, right? And then it didn't, <laughs> so it felt <laughs> no. very, very bad. Yeah. Uh, and then I just picked loads of like reasonable blue and green cards and ramped, and then got a crate, opened a crate of behemoth Nice. pack three. That's so, a okay. That's very very good. That's how I won basically all my games. Yeah. And then a an U- an Ugin, um, and yeah, so we played throughout the day and I went four zero. Nice. And won every round that I played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, the thing is like my deck was just like a, a cut above everyone else's deck. Yeah. Because I think like the thing was like the colors were split evenly between people because there's like, because everyone wants like black removal and everyone wants like blue card draw and everyone wants like red uh, aggro creatures and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas like the green cards are kind of like, well, you've got Tyler's Tracker. And then you've got like I don't know, like just like some medium green cards, that not everyone's trying to go in on. So like, if I'm just cutting all the mana ducks from the draft, there's not a real else that's going to move in on green at all. Yeah. So yeah, I just got the entire green deck, and then like pack three, I also picked up a hinterland harbor, a misty rainforest, and a breeding pool.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I was like, okay, this is pretty good um, to go along with the Flooded strand I picked up earlier. So I just got like pretty much the whole deck passed to me which was which was really sweet and then yeah i just i i like the the deck felt like sl- just just a lot more powerful than whatever my opponents are doing like, my opponent's deck was really fun like really sweet and i feel like that's more what his what cubes trying to go for yeah it's just like fun kind of like a bit bit battle cruisery and then like you have like a flicker deck that does some fun stuff and you have like a, a kind of there's not like an all-in reanimator deck but there's like you can do reanimator type things that are fun to do and uh, and whatever and and then I'm just like, well, I'm going to cast this Sugen on turn 4. <laughs> and, and that's slightly better than what everyone else was doing. Sounds um, great. Sounds great yeah, to me. Yeah. I uh, did not have a way to beat uh, Ashiok, though. Three mana Ashiok.
0: Oh, yeah. That, that Ashiok's just one of the best cube cards there is. <laughs> yeah, like, in, in, in any blasted. cube, if you're playing, like, powered vintage cube, like, is always great.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's just a first pick most of the time. It's probably, like, it's probably the best card in this cube, I would say. Sweet. Yeah, I didn't beat that card, but I did manage to remove it from play nice <laughs> it's always nice having to <laughs> cast a creator who behemoth specifically to remove an ashok <laughs> i just had to because otherwise i was going to die immediately yeah but i died five turns later instead but yeah it was really good fun uh it's it's been like it's been a minute since i've drafted a paper cube yeah it was, it was really really fun and it just like some really, really nice people it was really nice to hang out and just yeah it was a, re- it was a really, really nice day i had a lot of fun
0: awesome that sounds fantastic yeah and it's Glad always nice that.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to actually be able to play some magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you know, it's very hard to do it these days for me. Yeah, how was how was your week been?
0: Yeah, it's been fine. Uh, I've been enjoying, I guess, I guess enjoying. It feels strange to say it, but yeah, enjoying standard on arena. Excellent. Uh, playing blue white. It's it's fine. The deck is fine. Control feels playable again. It feels good. Feels like it's got like decent matchups against most decks. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm happy enough with it. The thing I was most excited about this this week was um, that the traditional drafts of Tharos Beyond Death are now on Magic Arena. So I got to do some drafting over the weekend, which was, was pretty awesome. Um, so I did about six drafts over the weekend. Uh, and in three of them, I opened a Thassa's Oracle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I just wish I could, like, if, if I could pack one, pick one Thassa's Oracle in every single draft, I totally would. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, I had two seven twos over over the weekend, which was cool. Uh, both of those were Thassa's Oracle decks. Uh, one of them, like one of them, was just just sick. It was uh, it was blue red, very heavy blue. Uh, the win condition was Thassa's Oracle. I had a Frick's uh, a Sudden Storm in there as well, which I didn't cast once. Oh, uh, wow. Every single win I got was with Thassa's Oracle. <laughs> uh, I just amazing. had like. So many cards which just drew cards and looted it's like two copies of Thriller of Possibility. There were two copies of uh the, the mill spell, the one in the blue put to, uh four cards into your graveyard.
1: Sweet, uh, Bli- sweet oblivion, yeah. sweet oblivion. Yeah, that's
0: the one. Yeah, Yeah. Like two copies of that. Uh, it was sweet. Um, I had the I can't remember the name of the card. I've just forgotten all the names of the cards I played with all weekend. But the, uh <laughs> <laughs> the creature, whenever an enchantment comes into play, put the top two cards of target player's graveyard, uh, library into your graveyard. The blue uncommon.
1: Uh, Yes, that, yeah, that one. Yeah,
0: I had one of those in that deck as well, and then just a, a load of uh, enchantment creatures, which is sweet. Uh, and then another one uh, I got a 7-2 with was playing a blue-green. Equivalent of that deck, I guess. Really, I had like three copies of uh, Binding of the Titans.
1: Ooh, okay, nice. But again,
0: puts the top four cards of your, your, yeah, <laughs> your yeah, graveyard yeah. in your library, which was sweet because um, it gets your Thassa's Oracle back from the graveyard too. So you don't have to worry about like trying to get it in your hand. Like you can just you can just play those and get it back from your graveyard. There was a copy of Uro in that deck as well. That was my pack two pick one. Nice. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Uh, the draft format is really sweet, but. Like I said, if I could pack one, pick one, as Oracle every time, I totally would.
1: I mean, you can if you cheat.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't want to do that, though. No, you, don't. you can't really cheat on Arena. No, that's true. Especially not in in Bot Draft.
1: <laughs> well, You're kind of cheating in Bot Draft because all the algorithms are completely messed up and it's you don't ever get rewarded for making the correct picks. You just get past busted cards.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that true, that's true. <laughs> So yeah, it's been fun. Uh, but other than playing Magic, I've been watching a lot of Magic because mm-hmm. over the weekend we had uh, two Magic Fests uh, with the, the the GPs and the the players to us being in Pioneer. So that was it was pretty cool. Uh, I feel like I've been waiting months now for for the first real big Pioneer event, and we finally got it, and I thought it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually get a chance to watch yeah. any of it. I wait for this train again. Yeah, so obviously I was busy all of Sunday uh, and Saturday. I was like working some other day, and then just like desperately tired. So yeah. I just wanted to. Oh, I couldn't be bothered to keep up with magic. <laughs> for yeah, the yeah day. that's understandable. But yeah, I've, I've been keeping up through Twitter, and obviously all of the things you keep sending me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it looks like it was uh, it was really good fun, and it looks like Pioneer is great, and it looks like Inverter of Truth is a very good magic card.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so. I don't even remember if we if we spoke about the deck last week, but it was pretty much like last Monday when I, I saw the deck for the first time. Um, and was it, I obviously saw Canister playing it. It was like, okay, if Canister's playing it and is putting up five new results, then this deck has got to be real. It's got to be good. Uh, and yeah, over the past week, it just kind of feels like it's come out of nowhere uh, to suddenly be the best deck in the format. Yeah, I think I agree. It's gets compared to Splinter Twin, which I think is, is an absolute fair comparison. Uh, for those that don't know, it is essentially a two-card combo. So it is Inverter of Truth, which is a card from Oath the Gatewatch, it is 2-black black for a 6-6 six, six, uh, Eldrazi, it's devoid, so the card has no colour, uh, it's flying, and when en- Inverter of Truth enters the battlefield, you exile all the cards from your library face down, and then shuffle all cards from your graveyard into your library. And that is a lovely combo with Thassa's Oracle, that fantastic card from uh, from Theros Beyond Death that I've been hyping up so much already today.
1: Yeah, and we, we've discussed that card a bit as well. Yeah, We're talking about its its applications in in other formats, namely Commander. But uh, yeah, turns out that's a pretty good thing to be doing, I guess. Yeah, I did I did say that of Truth is a very good card. It's not a very good card, which is why <laughs> it's been completely unplayable since oh, the Gatewatch came out. Yeah, in every format. <laughs> but when you pair it with uh, a card that immediately wins you the game after casting it. It's pretty good
0: yeah absolutely yeah essentially you, you can you can get to the point where it just wins on on like turn five as possible because you've got cards like dig through time and murderous crush to get rid of your graveyard so obviously what you want to do is you cast inverter of truth with a, as little cards as possible in your graveyard uh that graveyard then becomes your library Then you play Thassa's oracle and because you've got two or less cards in your library you win the game uh, so yeah, you can do that uh, as early as turn five with um, by casting the inverter on turn four. Uh, after like casting like a murderous cut or day through time to exile cards in your graveyard and give yourself a tiny tiny library, uh, it seems to be that like I've seen a lot of game twos and in game threes where the opponent brings in like Leyland of the Void from the sideboard or like Rest in Peace and. And they just went on turn six by casting an inverter and then a thassa's oracle straight away, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, it it's just it's it's a solid combo. It seems consistent, uh, and then it also has that thing that the splinter twin deck had, where it wasn't just those two cards, which obviously we've seen like like the copycat combo was was very reliant on the, the just those two cards, uh, but this also combos with jace wielder of mysteries as well from war of the spark. Yes,
1: yeah, so you just have that as another way. I, I think. One of the one of the, the best things about this deck is the fact that it's blue black, it means that it has access to a, a lot of the powerful cards in the format anyway.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get you get to play Thoughtseize, which is the best card in the format. Yep. Uh, you get to play Fatal Push, which is arguably the best removal in the format. Uh, you obviously you get counter spells. You get Thought Erasure. You get Dig Through Time, which again is is one of the most powerful cards in the format. And I mean. I guess we'll go into it a bit a bit later on when we talk about Pioneer as a whole, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Dig Through Time get banned, probably because of this deck.
1: Yeah, I can't believe it took this long for Dig Through Time to become busted in Pioneer. Yeah, same. <laughs> but I I think, yeah, this is probably the deck that pushes it a bit too far, and pushes it over the edge into possible bannable territory, which is a shame.
0: Yeah, it, it, is, it is a shame, but I feel like it was... I mean, obviously nothing's happened yet, but assuming it does get banned, I feel like it was inevitable, really.
1: I don't think it was. I think it it takes a deck like this, like a, a two-card infinite combo deck, to push it over the edge. Because before they were just... I mean, to be fair, they might just they might just ban Inver of the Truth or Fast as Oracle. Like, that might be a thing they want to do instead, and, and, yeah. and keep Dig Through Time in the format. And, you know, we've seen them ban uh, pretty much every other infinite combo from the format that doesn't involve uh, Jessica Ascendancy. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've banned every, they've banned the two card combos, and they've banned the things that like consistently win on turn, you know, five or six. Yeah. So I guess that between that and we we are we, we yeah, we'll talk about how unimpressive Heliod has been. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think I think it's possible they want they might ban one of those two cards rather than banning the dig through time.
0: I, I'm not sure, but it I depends what, what we'll we'll the format's look like. We'll get into that, that in a bit. I think first I want to run down this. It's top eight of the uh, of the uh, players to Brussels, so we we finally got it. We finally got the big pro tour, I mean not quite pro tour level, but one small step below uh, event for Pioneer, uh, and I think Brussels was a was a fantastic looking top eight, um, and that's just just not a comment on on Lawson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't realise he'd grown his hair out so much.
0: Oh yeah, it it, it looks he looks great. It looks like um, it looks, it looks like a like a missing cast member of the Lost Boys or something.
1: Do we do we want to make this episode just you discussing all the crushes you have? In play, <laughs> players tour to top eight competitors. Because <laughs> I'm down for that as well. That sounds good.
0: Uh, I don't like if I could speak emoji, then sure. If you could speak emoji, <laughs> which emoji would you use? Oh, definitely the, the red angry face. <laughs>
1: So you just my, got boy, my
0: boy Canister, he yeah. obviously w- made this top eight as well. I mean the the top eight was stacked. Like you had your last and Piotr Kogowski, Paolo Vita Domodarosa, uh you had Mattia Rizzi, Valerio Luminardi, like some just some fantastic players. Uh and I think the the top eight seemed really diverse. It seemed like this is what a top eight should look like for a very healthy format. So you had um you're Larson on Sultai Delirium, or Swedish Sultai, as they are calling it. Uh, you had uh, Piotr on Demir Inverter. You had Paolo on Nivtolite. Uh, Brent Voss was on Lotus Breach. You had uh, Matteo Rizzi on Bant Spirits. You had Juan Jose Rodriguez Lopez on Mono Red Aggro. You had Xiang uh, Xiang on Mono Black Aggro. And then Valerio Luminati on Bant Spirits.
1: So, how many of these players do you have a crush on? Alright, oh, let's just say all of them.
0: They're all they're all, <laughs> <laughs> they're all amazing human beings.
1: That's nice. Oh. It's always nice playing to have a, positivity on this podcast.
0: Playing a fantastic range of decks. I just love Pioneer. Pioneer is is almost everything I want from this this format, this like in between standard and modern format. Like so I expressed my love for Frontier many a times on this podcast and and yeah, it, it's On one hand, it's a shame that we never really got Frontier, but I I think Pioneer more than makes up for it. I think Pioneer is a fantastic format, and long may it rain.
1: Yeah, I look forward to roughly nine years down the line, (laughs) where they've accidentally printed a bunch of infinite combos into the format, and just completely ruined it, and made it look like modern. Yeah. Because this was people's opinion of modern for such a long time. Yeah, you know, definitely. it's a great format, and I really enjoy playing. it And I really enjoyed playing modern for a long time. Modern was my favorite format for several years. Yeah, and then it's got to the point where it is now, where it's like basically an unplayable format. Yeah, if you if, you, if you like, like what modern, like
0: modern. did in twenty fifteen,
1: yeah, that's the thing. It's like you can, lots of people play and enjoy modern, and that's great. But for me personally, I don't think it's very good. And like in terms of me loving it as a format that fe- feel felt like Pioneer does now, it feels very very different, uh, very different now, and like. Kind of unplayable compared to like if you enjoyed the interactive magic and the fun stuff and like the, the diversity the way that Pioneer does now, then modern now is kind of like a hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's truly it's really a miserable format to be playing. If you enjoy if you enjoy Pioneer, I find it hard to think that you'd enjoy modern, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, I think so because they're just two very, very different formats. And I, I mean, to be fair, like Pioneer now has Splinter Twin, I guess, yeah, so that makes it like kind of modern y. It also has uh, like the Lotus Breach deck.
0: Yeah, which totally. is
1: kind of like your, your your storm deck, and then it just has like a bunch of like cool creature decks, and like the Nivtalite deck, which feels like kind of like a shift type deck, or like yeah, kind of like your nonsense do everything kind of deck. And then you have your Ban Spirit, like it's just it just feels like a very diverse metagame game where you can do whatever you really want. Yeah, definitely. Which is what Modern was so good for for such a long time. I'm going to cut out a lot of what I just said because none of it made sense, <laughs> but I'm sure I can salvage some semblance of <laughs> of a point from what I just said.
0: Yeah, I, I think the. The top eight from brussels and i guess the the field overall from what we've seen seemed to be uh, obviously with the exception of like like mono black and demir and verda took obviously a big percentage of the the metagame over the weekend uh, but other than that i think it was pretty much what i was, was expecting like it looks like a wide open healthy format people are still figuring it out and that's fantastic you can turn up with with any deck, and if you can pilot it well enough and dodge your bad matchups, you can win. It it just feels like modern 2015. At least that's what Brussels looked like.
1: Mm, yeah, we, we can look at Nagoya. <laughs> yeah,
0: we hop over the water and have a look at the Players to in Nagoya that happened on the, uh, the same weekend, uh, and this one is a bit different. Uh, so we had Kenta Harane on Pant Spirits. we had Ken Yukihiro on Sram Auras, uh, we had Shintaro Ishimura on Demir and uh, Yuta Takahashi on Demir Inverter, Shota Yasuoka on Demir Inverter, <laughs> Dmitry Butogov on Mono Black Vampires, uh, Akira Asahara on Demir Inverter, and Lishi Tian on Demir Inverter.
1: Uh, so before we comment on the sheer lack of diversity in this top 8 yeah, <laughs> uh, very, very glad to see Lishi Tian being top eight again. Oh yeah, I'm absolutely. B- big fan.
0: Yeah, he, he's, he's fantastic. I, I always love watching him play, and he's he's, you know, hands down, like, one of the best players in the world, time and time again, just proves that.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's my one of the players that I pay the closest attention to in terms of pro-magic. He's yeah, just I so mean,
0: good. like, again, like, look at this, this top eight, and it's just, just a murderous mm-hmm. row of, like, amazing magic players, like, Kento Hirane, Ken Hiro, Shintaro Ishimura, Yuta Takahashi, Shota Yasaka, Dmitry Budikov, and Lishi Teon. Like, Akira Asahara is the only one that I, I'm not as familiar with, and I know. I've definitely seen his name on the proto before.
1: And how many of them do you have a crush on?
0: Oh, all of them. Why not?
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously th- this this one looks very different. You've got uh, five of that top eight with the Demir Inverter deck, and uh, I I guess four of those were what you would expect, but one of them one of them was very strange, and I think I love it. It's uh, Shintaro Ishimura's version of the deck. Plays very differently to what we saw from every other inception of the deck. So it does play the combo for Inverter of Truth and Fourth Thassa's Oracle, but rather than playing like a whole range of spells, you know, your Thought Seas, your Dig Through Times, your, uh, you know, your Counter Spells, your Thought Erasures, this one's playing four copies of Harbinger of the Tides, four copies of Merfolk Trickster, uh, four copies of Brazen Borrower, four copies of Gadric, Gadwick the Wizened. Uh, two wizards' retort and four Leyland of anticipation.
1: Yep, and four copies of Nixthar Shriektanks.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's some sort of like strange merfolk hybrid deck, and I just think it's fantastic. I feel like this is the kind of deck that you only really see like show up, or at least like put this sort of showing in it in Japanese tournaments. I feel like the the Japanese meta game is always so much more interesting than, than anything else.
1: Yeah, I, like, looking at Japanese deck building most of the time from, from across tournaments and, like, on the internet and everything, their, their deck building just seems to be a cut above everyone else. Yeah. Both in Europe and the Americas. It's just, like, they, they just seem just to be on a different level. Or just, like, maybe just, like, having to, I guess, um, adapt to a different metagame. Like, if everyone's trying to do nonsense stuff, you have to be nonsense yourself. Yeah, totally. But my, my favorite thing about this deck is just, like, it's it's just a mono blue version deck, right? Yeah. In which case, I, I'm kind of Kind of, like I expected to see maybe a couple copies of Master of Waves as yeah. the payoff, as opposed to just the Nykthas. But yeah, this is just like, everything has at least two blue pips. Including, like, Leyline of Anticipation.
0: I guess the payoff, rather than Master of Waves, is Inverter of Truth. I, I assume you could just swap the Inverter for Master of Waves and still have, like, a playable deck.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, we were playing... I, I guess, because... So, I mean, he's playing Leyline of Anticipation, which is what the uh, original Mono Green Devotion decks were doing before um, all their stuff got banned. Yeah. Just playing the Leyline of Abundance to be able to make Blue mana immediately. And and I guess just at a certain point, just between... So, Gadwick being able to cast for a huge amount because of your absurd devotion, you can use Nykthas. Yeah. And then the rest of your devotion is so high anyway that sometimes Thassa's Oracle is just going to win the game without an irreverter of truth.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, Gadwick plus Leyland of Anticipation sounds like exactly the kind of thing I want to be doing. Just Sphinx's Revelation, that's also a 3-3.
1: Yeah, but you, you can also just, like, I imagine cast a Gadwick where X equals 10, and then, like, playing a, like, a Thassa's Oracle where X equals 12. Like, yeah, it, it's just... It, it, eventually you'll just get there without even having to cast the Invert Truth, and then you have the Splinter Twin, I guess, combo anyway. Yeah, definitely. So I really, I really like that as that building we and and then you also just get into play like Harbinger of Tires, Murphy Trickster and Brazenborough just to like beat the crap out of your opponent in the meantime while you yep. assemble some kind of combo. I think it's really it seems like really smart deck building.
0: Yeah, I really like it. It's a
1: really clean list.
0: Yeah, and I think if you take a look at the sideboard as well, you can see it's got uh it's got like four mystical dispute, obviously for the mirror match, for the Thassa's oracle, and it's got one unwired ego as well already for the inverted Truth combo. So I feel like it's it's prepared. Uh, to play against the combo decks, which is which is cool. It's really cool to see that.
1: Yeah, it's it's just really smart out the I remember a big fan of this list. And obviously it finished uh, the, the highest of the inverted decks at Nagoya I guess.
0: Yeah it did, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So I guess yeah, I guess spoiler there, uh, Nagoya was won by Kantaharane on Bant Spirits. And then if you take a look at Brussels, it was your Lawson on Soul Delirium, uh which Again, I, I kind of, I kind of love that, like the fact that, like yes, this Demir Inverter Splinter Twin style deck has shown up, but it, it's done very well, but it hasn't just outright won the tournament and been unstoppable.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean this, the the Sultan Delirium deck looks sweet.
0: Yeah, the Sultan Delirium deck. It again, that is that is another, it's another case of a really good deck building. So it was, uh, your loss and a couple of, of pro Swedish players. Uh, just brewed this deck for the, for this event and, and took it to the event and you managed to take it down.
1: Yeah, it's just just like f- f- four set wayfinder, four euro, four fatal push, four Thoughtseize, four uh, three traversy Remords and just some other cards, I guess. Yeah, it's really really sweet. And it's clearly good enough to take down the entire tournament. So yeah, absolutely. I'm a big I'm a big fan of this deck. Yeah, I think before I guess before
0: Inverter was so well known. I think like. Uh, Bant Spirits or or Blue White Spirits seem to be quite a known quantity in the format and sort of things like like mono red aggro and mono black aggro and I think having cards like Corsair Crufix is great against those. And then like Ishkenar. Ishkenar seems fantastic against the Spirits decks.
1: Yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, yeah, it just just seems like you're able to just play all these powerful cards and then also just have this this toolbox to answer like the kind of I guess the two big known quantities of format being Spirits and the Inverter deck that was coming through, yeah. And then just having like these other answers to other things you might randomly encounter, and obviously you get to play like four season like good cards just to as as catchalls. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a big fan of that.
0: I mean, all the decks just seem quite sweet. Yeah, they they do. They they all seem fantastic. Like they're either they've either been brewed specifically for for this format in mind, or they are like, I mean, to me, what that Soul deck feels like. Uh, just kind of like a souped up version of an old standard deck.
1: Yeah, that's what the, a lot of them feel like. Uh which is really sweet. Like some of them just look like standard decks with a couple of old cards thrown in.
0: Yeah, I totally. don't uh,
1: Which I guess probably says a lot more about standard than it does about Pioneer. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, that feels like a lot of what it is. Like, I mean like the Mono Black Vampires deck from from Nagoya is just like a bunch of like cards that have been powerful and standard in the past, that all happen to be vampires. Yeah, and then you tie it all together with some Sorens. <laughs> like, yeah. seems perfectly fine. I think the th- one of the things to point out is that like most of the decks that are doing well are playing black cards.
0: Yeah, I, I think black is black is probably
1: the best color in the format. I say so. Just like just purely just having thoughtsies.
0: Yeah, I think I think is hands down the best card. Uh, Fatal push is a very powerful card in the format. Uh, or you also get Heroes Downfall. Uh, you get Leyland of the Void as well, and yeah, like the Mono Black Argo decks are really good.
1: I do really like the the Lotus Breach deck.
0: Yes, yeah, it's it's a really interesting deck, a really interesting combo, I think.
1: Yeah, who'd have thought that? Um, was it Chronic Flooding? Is that the card this is playing? No, it's not even playing Chronic Flooding.
0: Uh, no, this one is uh, Hidden Strings. Yep. And so there is there is a version that plays Chronic Flooding. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But this one doesn't appear to be. Yeah, it's um, confusing.
1: I, I assumed it. I assumed it was because obviously the the combos put chronic thudding on the land, then continue to hidden strings that land when you have an underwater breach and play a million yeah, yeah. deck. But um, apparently that is not what this is doing. This is kind of like more akin to the the, the twiddlestorm deck we saw yeah, in, in modern much. in modern, but with the with lotus field. Um, and I guess like pour over the pages is pretty cute if you have two lotus fields in play. Yeah. Uh. And you have your silver scryings for it, and strategic planning to mill stuff. No, oh, this is an interesting build of a deck. I haven't actually looked at the specific build. I just assumed it was the the chronic flooding deck
0: yeah most of the most of the versions seem to play chronic flooding, but yeah, if you, this one doesn't um because this one's performed so well, is this the right build i I'm not sure that's the other thing I feel like the, like is quite interesting about the format like you have, you have decks like this, like the Lotus Breach deck. You have the Dimir Inverter deck and the Sultad Lirum deck. But this is the first big tournament we've had. And clearly, I don't think these are the sort of final iterations of those decks. Especially like Dimir Inverter. Like the, yeah, every deck plays 4 Diverter, 4 Thassa's Oracle. But it looks like they've got a bunch of flex slots. And that Japanese list, which is just a Merfolk deck.
1: It's a blue Devotion deck more than it is a yeah. Merfolk deck. <laughs> just hands with playing Merfolk. Merfolk tend to be blue-blue. Uh, yeah, it just seems like... I mean, every, every creature in
0: it, apart from the, the Eldrazi, is a Merfolk.
1: And Gadwick. And Brace And Ga- G-
0: Gadwick can be a Merfolk if he wants.
1: And Brasenbara, which is... It
0: can also be a Merfolk. It's blue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's blue, therefore it's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure... That's I,
0: it's, it's the closest it's the closest to a Merfolk deck that Pioneer is gonna see. Merfolk's not, not gonna be playable.
1: I mean more of them are wizards than they are Merfolk.
0: <laughs> oh fine. Okay. More of them are wizards wizard then. then, sure. <laughs> wizard <laughs> tribal.
1: So <laughs> 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 Wizard Tribal deck, because I mean I mean Jace yeah, is, a it is Yeah, it plays Wizards Retort as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Sure. Jace is a wizard, obviously. Yeah. I assume. <laughs> like as well as being a planeswalker, I imagine his day job is probably being a wizard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a wizard yeah sure, I'll, I'll concede to that. It's a, yeah. it's a wizard tribal deck, one of Blue Wizards deck.
1: Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, it's, it seems like this this format is just completely wide open. You can play whatever you want. Like, all the five kind of Niv decks look completely different to each other. Yeah. Um. So I guess if you want to briefly touch on the the SCG Pioneer Classic from Richmond...
0: Yeah, we also had the SCG Pioneer Classic. Uh, looking at the, the top 16 of that, again, it really echoes what we saw in Brussels. So you've got Five Colour Nave Mizzet, uh, by Justin Miller, Demir Inverter, uh, Matt Montour. You've got Kellen Pastor on mono-red aggro, Abraham Stein on mono-black aggro, James Harris on Azorius Spirits, Zach Mandelblatt on Salt-Eyed Delirium, Jacob McCarthy, Azorius Spirits, Philip Marshall, re- mono-red aggro, Brian Vaughan, on Salt-Eyed Reg, which is it's quite an interesting one. That dredge list, dredge list. You've got Logan Underwood on Demir Inverter, Travis Cyrus and Harden Scales, Corey Burkhardt on Demir Inverter, Russell Lee on Is it and Soul, big fan of that deck. Stephen Rosenthal on Azorius Spirits, Gregory Chen on Mono Red Aggro, and Shane Brodley on Mono Black Aggro. I
1: well, would just like to congratulate you on nailing all of these people's names.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's like Thank absolutely you. Absolutely
1: killing. You haven't stumbled on any of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this Sultai dredge deck is sweet. Uh, it turns out that row is really good. Yeah, uh, I also like this version because there were a couple of lists floating around with like playing like three euros that were just play, like the the sort of dredge deck, the dredgeless dredge deck that had been uh, putting up results previously. Uh, and they were playing like they were trying to put in three euros because it seems really really powerful. But the land base yeah. was an absolute mess.
0: Yeah, so I think one card that really impressed me this weekend, uh, I guess, was kind of like the MVP in my eyes was Sade Wayfinder.
1: Say, so Wayfinder is doing a lot of work in a lot of places.
0: Yeah, it's a few on Delirium. Um, I Found that. I've seen the the Swedish Solitaire list. It's really good, uh, as was Grizzly Salvage as well. Grizzly Salvage showed up in a, a few lists this weekend.
1: Yeah, it's the best way to do an impression of Dredge and Pioneer, I guess.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Spending two minutes for your graveyard with five creatures with five cards, and then you know you, it can also just find your land and find your creature, which is certainly not uh, irrelevant. Yeah, a lot of the time. But it's yes, putting, putting a lot of work. It's it's good in the the dredge deck as well. There are some builds of Niv to Light that are playing it, like for you know to fuel arrows and stuff, and, and doing some graveyard shenanigans. Um, there's just say I find it angry savage is just doing so much work to put to put cards into graveyards, and they just they're just like sort of the two cards you're playing if you want to do graveyard strategies.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, as well as gather the pack, I suppose. Yeah. which is I'm very happy I found like a, a big stack of those in my random bulk because they're like two dollars nice. now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they were worth nothing um yeah
0: it it just seems like said a way wayfinder and I guess great yeah, both both the cards really they just they just do all of the work so they obviously turn on any shenanigans or prized amalgam uh, any sort of Narc Amoeba shenanigans as well uh just to like put scrap heaps in your graveyard which is always always fun uh, it sticks uro in your graveyard for escape and then it also puts different card types in your graveyard to fuel delirium uh, and also fuels delve so it, it just does everything
1: it does everything you want to do and it seems like graveyard strategies if you're not playing the inverted deck uh, the kind of thing you want to be doing a pioneer at the moment before people just start jamming later in the void and rest in peace in the sideboard, i guess
0: yeah absolutely uh
1: but i mean even then, delirium deck can still just cast the creatures that it draws. Yeah. So you know those two cards aren't a hard answer to it. Um, and the, Dred- the dredge, deck kind of falls apart. But yeah, you know, you have disenchant effects in that deck.
0: Yeah. But yeah. But I think overall, looking at the the state of the format from this weekend, where we saw a mo- multiples of really high level play, I I think the format looks fantastic.
1: It really does. It's it's really exciting. Um, seeing that a lot of this stuff is, I mean, I guess the Nagoya top eight. Paints more of a solved format.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Than perhaps Brussels and the Pioneer Classic do or the five O lists um yeah. from from Modo. But yeah, you look at Brussels and they're like, you know, it's uh, counting is hard. Uh seven distinct archetypes?
0: Yeah, I think so, yeah.
1: And the classic is like uh, similar to that. I'm not looking at sixteen different things or working out how many <laughs> of them are the same. Uh, but there's a lot of distinct archetypes and it seems like you know most of them are quite quite similar like, there's a lot of Ninth like decks, a lot of inverted decks a lot of this, uh, the souls of delirium decks a couple of dredge decks um, spirits and then like mono black and mono red aggro are just sort of like yeah. what seem to be holding up the top of the format and then you like have like a random hardened scales in there you look at the 5 lists and there's like so many of them that are just so, such distinct decks and I mean to be fair I guess looking specifically at a deck list doesn't really give you an idea of what the format looks like
0: yeah, of course, because just you know, that it did 5 in a in a massive diverse field.
1: Yeah, which which you know could just be down to someone sitting in their bedroom over a weekend and just jamming the same deck until they eventually get a five zero. Yeah, um, and luck has a lot to do with it, but you, you know, like you get a lot of different things that have the potential to win a lot of games. Um, it's just it's just a shame that Nagoya must be so heavily dominated by this inverted deck, um, which I think was probably just maybe just the best choice, I guess. Uh, yeah uh, i think so uh, so
0: i i think i think from me personally i think that is kind of the the format going forward now it it definitely seems to be that the inverter deck is is probably the best deck in the format um or at least the deck with the the sort of the bullseye on it uh and i i I think i like that i think I, i do like that i really like that it is a it's a combo deck that can can just win on turn 6 sometimes uh, but it can just play a, a really sort of grindy game if it needs to and i really like the, the format having this this clearly defined powerful deck and i hope it does get to stay in the format cuz the ban talk has started already
1: yeah this is the thing like i think cuz we talked earlier about about potentially banning through time yeah i think like it's just it's a little bit too uninteractable for what you want yeah, because it essentially mirrors the Sahili cat combo, right? Like, oh, doing, sort of, yeah. Like, player threat, play one half the combo, play another half of the combo, I win the game on the spot. Unless yeah. you have interaction, um, and the kind of the problem with this is having a removal spell for either Inverter or oracle does essentially nothing. Yeah, like it does things occasionally when like you Inverter to put like three cards in your the library, then the Thassorak creates the, devo- the, the devotion to get you to three or whatever it is to then win the game. Yeah. Um, so it works in that sense, but a lot, a lot of the time, like um, abrupt decay, assassin's trophy, fatal push aren't doing it. So it seems like you kind of have to be on Thoughtseize or Counterspell which then yeah, puts you into playing blue and black, which then probably just puts you playing into the blue black inverter deck, which I, I'm not like I'm kind of skeptical of. Like I don't like that being the thing in the format. But yeah. You you have ability to answer it, and I guess like um, the the delirium deck can do can do those things as well, and has the ability to, to interact. But there's no sort of like hard answer to the deck outside of like for season the crap out of them.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I, I think it, it's one where I really want to see. I really want them to just see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. I don't want them to ban anything, but I want to see. I want to see pros try to break the deck and find the most optimum build because we've seen a, a bunch of different versions of this deck, and I, I want them to find which is the best build and then see how how the meta shifts to. To combat that um like does it just does it just warp the format where playing the, the blue back black deck is correct so you just play that deck or is it possible that you can beat it with, with, with sideboard cards and it is just going to be the splinter twin of the format where you need to dedicate a certain part of your sideboard just to beating the, the combo
1: Possibly, I mean, I, what one thing I like specifically about Pioneer is that the precedent they've set with the format and, and banning's in particular. Yeah, same. Is that, that like they've just banned everything else that's broken or slightly too powerful? They just like straight up ban it. Whereas when yeah. you had, I mean, we keep calling it Splinter Twin, but when you had Splinter Twin in a Modern get banned, people just like weren't expecting it at all and they thought the ban was ridiculous. Whereas yeah. when you have something that's like this that looks like sport. I mean,
0: the, the ban was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It, okay. It's been what four years? Three years? five years I think you need to get over it <laughs> <laughs> I think that maybe they make a change at some point but um, I think calling it a ridiculous ban or not is sort of pointless at this point <laughs> I know
0: I know, I but, know it I know. still hurts all for, right? But for the sake of competitive diversity it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's the one time we've heard that phrase and never again since Like,
1: for, for the sake of conversational diversity can we please not
0: <laughs> yeah sure
1: agreed <laughs> um, but I think this is the thing is so when you when you present it with a deck like Demir Inverter um or whatever you want to call that deck uh like it, it looks like splinter it twin It's just it <clears throat> is a two two card combo um then banning that immediately wouldn't i don't think would upset the player base the way the splinter twin ban did yeah oh yeah agreed so i think i think that's a good thing i think like whether we should ban it or not or whether it's too powerful or, or any of these any of these discussions you can have about whether we should ban it i think uh if they do ban it and i think it's probably a when rather than if but if they do ban it then I think everyone will sort of be fine with it, because yeah. there's not a lot of things that you're like buying specifically for this deck. I guess if you had to buy into Inverter of Truth once they're you know post fifteen dollars or whatever they are currently, um, but I think they've gone down again. Uh, but you're not losing anything really in terms of monetary value because like you know Fable Passages are still very 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 good. The Shocklands are still good. The Thought Seizers are still going to be worth money. Like this isn't going to affect like anyone's real collection.
0: Yeah, or or, sure. anyth-
1: or anything like that, like, like like we saw with the Mox Opal Band, where people just straight up lost loads of money.
0: Yeah, it was the most expensive card in modern. Yeah, and just right. suddenly gone.
1: That's the thing. We're going we're going into this like this is the break breakout for- breakout deck of the uh, of the format. I guess of, of these these few tournaments, and we knew it was kind of a factor going into it. So everyone's got the rise in this deck. This is very very good. So like, if it does get banned, people are like people aren't going to be shocked or-, or surprised or anything. So I-, I think that that would be fine. I-, I like that as the the thing that Pioneer. Has been doing for ages. We're just like, well, this mono green deck's too good. Well, this cat deck's too good. Like, that's great, and, and I think that creates a healthier format and probably a, a, a happier player base.
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree, I agree with you definitely. Um, I just, I just really hope that they give it enough time for the the meta to to shift and just see if it is possible to combat the deck. Um, I, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do if we do see that phrase. For the sake of competitive diversity, Inverter of Truth is banned in Pioneer. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen because you, you, you could be quite right that the best way to combat the deck is with Thought Seasons and Counterspells, and that's playing black and blue. And in that case, well, why don't you just play the Inverter deck?
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I guess when you look at uh, the Nagoya uh, Player Store specifically, like five out of the top eight is a problem of competitive diversity, I guess, for that one tournament, but yeah. it's the breakout deck that maybe people weren't equipped to combat, but they didn't think people would be, Like, when do people register the decks for this, for this tournament? I don't actually know.
0: Yeah, I'm unsure as well. Um, yeah, I think it might have been... Wednesday might have been the cutoff date
1: sure so like
0: so I, I saw quite a few pros talking about what they were playing on Wednesday so I assume that would be the, the
1: cutoff date yeah so like p- people were like locked in on their decks beforehand so they weren't locked in on, on the inverted deck even if it was better than their current choice or they didn't feel comfortable playing a new deck when they hadn't played Test whereas like where they, they'd played loads of Bant spirits or nift to light or whatever the hell they were playing uh so they were they they didn't want it audible at that point and people didn't come equipped for it, maybe because they they locked in their sideboard for whatever they yeah. were going to play before this became a big thing. So you you you, you know you can't just judge this on, on competitive diversity. And also this is the this is the first tournament where it's like put up actual results of, of any of any meaning.
0: Yeah, I, I think the the other thing going into it is that it was kind of an unknown quantity. I think mm-hmm. people obviously know that you know, knew the deck was was going to be popular, but. Like I said, there are very different versions of the deck, very different builds of the deck. We don't currently know which is the best version, so we don't know what you should be packing in your sideboard. I mean, I've seen a lot of sideboards, and I've been doing a lot of thinking myself over the, these past couple of days about like what I would include in a sideboard to combat that deck, and it looks quite different to what we saw at the weekend.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there's just a, 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 an argument for a lack of preparation, uh, a, a lack of respect for the deck, possibly, uh, or just like like I said, like people just you know had their cards that they were going to play and they didn't want to deviate from that, just because this deck yeah, might yeah. might might be a player in the uh, in in the actual tournament. So, I guess we we just want to see another another couple big pioneer events. Um, yeah,
0: definitely. We do have the the, uh, the players. Do I keep wanting to call it the Pro tour but it's not. It's, <laughs> Uh, we've got the players tour next week uh, in North America mm-hmm. where I, I assume we'll see quite a similar thing where we're just going to see lots of inverter um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of this Swedish salt deck show up as well
1: Yeah, i I just like to see the conversion rate on it I guess because I imagine a lot yeah. of people are picking up the deck and playing it uh, and I think that's probably just the correct call currently because it seems like the most untouchable deck uh, out of, out of the, the current options in Pioneer so I kind of want to I want to see the conversion rate and see how well it actually does and whether the competitive diversity is actually a problem.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing the sideboards as well because I think there's, you said, a lot of cards that, that I would consider now that people just didn't play because they, they weren't prepared or they hadn't tested or whatever. But
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I think it would be cool to see. Um, I know a lot of the, the decks that play White are playing Gideon of the Trials because that, that, card's, that card's fantastic <laughs> against yeah. the combo because in, like in most cases... Like in most main boards, like you, the deck can't beat Gideon you know, you know, of the Trials. Yep, uh, it just doesn't have a way to deal with, with a planeswalker.
1: Yep, yeah. Uh, I guess she, uh, that calls back to last week's episode, right? Yeah, White is really good at not losing the game. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess in this scenario, you don't win, but oh, you don't lose either. <laughs> but I guess in this scenario, it, you know, the Devoted deck, the Inverted deck, is is killing itself, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because if you can't do the combo, then uh, that's it. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, I like, yeah. I like that as an option.
0: Yeah, can be the trials. It's cool. Uh, in And again, like a deck that's playing White, you can bring in Hushbringer. That's mm-hmm. definitely something you can do. Uh, we've seen things like Unmurred Ego, Slaughter Games, even like Infinite Obliteration uh, in a couple of decks. Um, obviously, you get rid of the Inverter, or you get rid of the Thassa's Oracle, or the Chase, I guess. So there are ways you can combat it there. Uh, one that I, I did see... That some decks were playing were End of the God Eternals, which I I really like. That Mm -hmm. Uh, your opponent plays the Inverter, sticks their their graveyard into the library, uh, and then passes the turn to you. You play End of the God Eternals, and then they just mill the rest of the library and draw and draw and lose the game.
1: Yeah, I mean that that card's also not just like it's not that awful anyway.
0: Yeah, agreed. I Especially in like the the nift life decks.
1: That's the thing. I think that, that that's a good option for the nift life deck specifically because you can find it off a yeah uh but I mean, I, I don't like that. I don't think I like that card just like as as a hard answer to it. I think yeah, it's, for g- sure. it's good if you're nipping into it, and like I guess it has some application. Like you know, it's probably okay if you get to five mana against like to brick wall aggro decks. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. Uh, but I, that, that's an answer, I guess. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I also I, I don't know like it doesn't feel like there's a hard answer where they present the combo to you and you can interact. It feels like you have to do preventative measures, something like slaughter games or something like that. Um, well,
0: how about how about these three for you? Go on. So first off, we got my my favourite uh, repudiate. Sorry, what was that? Repudiate.
1: Oh my god, say it properly.
0: Repudiate. There we go. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that is stifle essentially. Um, so you can stifle the. That's the Oracle trigger, and mm-hmm. then they're probably just going to lose the game. Yep. Uh, you've also got Disallow, which I think is something these blue-black Inverter decks should probably just be running anyway. I've seen quite a few are playing the Counterspell with Surveil.
1: Uh, sinister sabotage. Sinister
0: sabotage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a, a few of them have been playing like one or two of those.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, I think if you are playing a build that plays those, just swap them out for Disallow.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Or my favorite option, which. I wouldn't be surprised to see this, this, this card's stock just rise quite a lot over the next couple of weeks. That's Tail's End. Ooh. One in a blue for an instant, counter-target activated ability, triggered ability, or legendary spell.
1: So you can counter... so you can Stifle, and you can yep. also counter Jace.
0: You can, yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I think... I think this card is really overlooked in Pioneer at the moment... Uh, specifically. I think there's so many things you can do, like it you can cast Tail's End to counter the, the Thassa's Oracle triggered ability, uh, you can do it to counter Jace, you can counter a Niv-Mizzet, because that's a legendary spell mm-hmm. you can counter a Quest and Beast that's a legendary spell, you can counter a Scarab God, and the Scarab God's activated ability, and a triggered ability you can counter a Teferi, there's so many things that you can do with this card in Pioneer that it, it just really surprises me that this card isn't seeing any play.
1: That's actually a really good shout. I, yeah. I guess it's a little bit too narrow, but like you said, like there are loads of decks that are just playing Planeswalkers well, anyway, so you have some equity there. Yeah,
0: like Nissa who shakes the world, counter that. Like mm. it, it hits so many spells in the format.
1: Oh man, you can counter Oko Thief of Crowns. Well, yeah, you could have. R- I mean, you can in Legacy. RIP. R- I'm not yeah. playing a send <laughs> in my Legacy deck, Jesus Christ. Hey, pitch us to Force of Will. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that's good enough then. I guess you... the fetch land.
0: There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it like it like uh, I guess it it counts as like it counts as any planeswalker as, like Kalitas, Cleitus.
0: Yeah, Calatus? Yeah, any planeswalker, and and there are so many good legendary creatures being played as well at the moment.
1: That's a very good shout. It counts as Uro, I guess, if that's a thing you care about.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Uro. I mean, we just want to go. I guess go through. If you go through like the five nil leagues, you can see like. Uh, countess nahiri countess de Countess Niv count countess count count uro countess elspeth yeah there's like so many things like anavenza duck heliod so you you're not know, going you to get get by the walking blister combo
1: so how many copies of halan should i order right now for azure card market
0: well i bought four this morning so <laughs> <laughs> make it out what you will
1: what an excellent endorsement uh, i mean if they're like super cheap i think mean, it feels like very like
0: they yeah, they're like uh, yeah. I think like retail, they're about fifty pence. So,
1: yeah, I, know. I might pick some up.
0: There, yeah. If you look through like all of the all of the five nil lists, there are so many cards that, like, so many decks that are playing legendary creatures and activated abilities and and triggered abilities that it just makes sense, like, to play this card and nobody seems to be doing it.
1: Well, I could, maybe it's a little bit too narrow. Uh, there's there's probably like a reason that people aren't playing it, but um. Given the justification you just given, like that, that seems like a very reasonable card to be. To be bringing into counter, a lot of strategy. I mean, especially when like it, it has it does some work against the inverter deck, and yeah. then also does some work against against the
0: five colored niv deck. Yeah, the niv deck, and also yeah, like it does. I mean, it does non-zero amount of work against the like the, some of the mono red decks or like the bigger red decks that are playing. Um, the legendary from Eldraine. Torbran. That's the one.
1: Yeah, this is reasonable. I'm going to see how many Tales End my own store has in stock. <laughs> 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 it might be a reasonable thing to look up.
0: Yeah, I like, honestly just, I just think it's completely overlooked. Um, like at, at the worst, you're probably going to counter a fairy with it. Yeah, I just think
1: like, I'm, like
0: I'm, I'm looking through all through like the top sixteen of the of the Pioneer Classic and doesn't look like there's a deck where it doesn't where it doesn't hit something.
1: I guess the Spirits deck. But then they're playing Teferi, so
0: Yeah, the Spirit's deck plays Teferi. The mono black deck they're playing Rankle, you can counter a Rankle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it can also counter a uh, Legion activation. Or a Dread Wanderer activation. Or Meat activation. It's it's gonna do it's gonna do something.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that as a as, as, as a, as a, good call. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I said it's completely overlooked. I think at the moment, and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see them turning up in, in, uh, in lists at the the PTA in North America next weekend.
1: I mean, I like it quite a lot more than just like jamming around disdain or a disdainful stroke on a gate in your sideboard. Yeah, definitely. I kind of like just just having well,
0: it as a. I'm seeing like so many so many decks are running like Aether ghost which I guess is fine, but. I'd much rather have have that if, like if i know i'm gonna play it against the combo deck uh, I would much rather have tail's end instead of ether goes to my sideboard because then i can bring it in against the combo deck and i can also bring it in against the decks that are playing this or a new row because it's gonna do the same thing if not better there
1: yeah i i, I like that okay i'm in that sounds great awesome awesome i, I guess it's also worth pointing out that spell is quite good at Beating the deck.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, Spell quality is is very good. Which, in
1: terms of counter spells, I guess that's why the, the, the Spirit's deck can kind of line up, kind of well against yeah. this. And just like you have like four main deck counter spells for the for for the combo pieces that also an uh, actual game pile of just beating the crap out of your opponent. So yeah, yeah, okay, I'm in. Let's let's play Sweet. some thousand. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, right?
0: Yeah, that card. Which I mean, we spoke about it very negatively I think when the, uh, when the set was released and it was one of those cards when they released it I was like this card is terrible I don't think this is ever going to see play ever but yeah I think this weekend has, has changed things a lot and I, I really like this inverter deck and it's something that I'm going to play in Pioneer as long as it's legal and I definitely want to brew with it I want to play around with it I want to try and see if I can if I if can just find a list that works for me, because I, th- I think I think the deck's great and it's definitely my kind of deck.
1: I'm just going to keep playing Soul Flare. Yeah, seems fine. It's not. <laughs> I think there was a time when that deck was very very good, and I think the the, the 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 format has just adapted to that for that not to be relevant anymore. We're just like putting yeah. a very very good creature into play just isn't what you want to be doing anymore. Um, you want to be doing a lot more, a lot more broken stuff, or putting lots of creatures into play, or casting Niv Mizzet Reborn, I guess. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, like, the format seems great. I'm I'm very excited to play as much of it as I can, though that is currently quite difficult, because obviously I now run FNMs instead of play them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is insane.
0: I remember that life. I, I mean, most most of the time I did both, and it was fine, because our, our FNMs were never, like, you know, huge amounts of people.
1: Yeah, I don't think I can do it when I've got, like, a 16-person FNM, and then, like, five commander players, and then, like, some other people just milling about, like... Yeah. Yeah, it seems kind of selfish, And not what I mean paid to do, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I do have two legacy events coming up fairly soon, so. Sweet. That that, that eases the pain slightly, I guess, of not being able to play Pioneer. Yeah. I do get to play Magic occasionally. Cool. Is there anything else you want to say about Pioneer before we get out of here? All right, it's just that it's awesome, and
0: I'm really glad that it it exists. It's like, it was obviously a very strong advocate for Frontier. Um, (laughs) Nobody else might have been, but I I was definitely. Uh, and it's just really nice to see this this format. It, it's fantastic. Like, I feel like I, I, I can love Legacy and I can play what I want in Legacy and enjoy that. And that's fantastic. Legacy's very, great. It's fine. Uh, um, the stage where, like, Modern, like, I don't care about Modern in the slightest. I've got a Tron deck that I can take to any event and play if I have to. And I'm perfectly happy doing that. Uh, Pioneer is exciting. It feels very much like Modern did in twenty fifteen. And I'm I'm all about that life, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing, like I haven't cared about Modern for a long time now. Yeah. And the only reason I still own a Modern deck is because it's the, the parts that I would get rid of aren't really worth selling. Yeah, and it's fully in Japanese and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm not gonna part with like Japanese inkbox nexuses. because uh, I just like owning them. Yeah, yeah, like that's fair enough. Yeah, I think Pioneer very much fills a hole in my heart that Modern left as it just slowly devolved into more and more degenerate nonsense. Because I really Modern was my favorite format so, for so many years, and and it, it's just it's nothing like why I enjoyed Modern. And I think a lot of people picked up Modern after it became like a more sort of combo oriented, very fast turn three turn four format with very little yeah. interaction. And I think people really enjoy playing that, and that's great. But that's not why I enjoyed Modern. Um, modern is i enjoyed modern very much because it looked as pioneered as now so uh that's why i think this format's so good because it appeals to that 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 part of what i want to play magic for
0: yeah i i just i just think they've they've handled it so well as well like going back to the bands like just allowing allowing the format to evolve naturally and actually looking at all of the data from magic online and and buying things week by week and seeing what's going to be too powerful and what's not has—it's has just been a fantastic approach to the format, and I'm so glad that we live in in this world where they did that, rather than the world we could have lived in where they banned Etherworks Marvel. <laughs> 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 we never would have known how just lackluster that card is.
1: I'm not, I mean, I'm not very glad we live in this world specifically. I guess yeah, this Pioneer I mean, world, but this actual world yeah. is pretty awful. But at least we have Pioneer to distract us. While that is true. the earth slowly rots. That is true. There you go, there's your negative spin for this episode.
0: <laughs> awesome. Was there anything else you wanted to, to touch on this week?
1: No, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Like, you know, the Pioneer's been all, all have been really like, you know, seeing content for and and, and engaging with this this week. Nothing Yeah. And we, and we haven't really got time for like to go on another rant about something else.
0: Yeah, totally. I am I'm fully, fully engaged with Pioneer at the moment. It's fantastic and yeah, I just want to play it as much as I can. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Awesome. So what do you think of Pioneer? Do you love it as much as we do? If you want to get in touch and let us know your feelings on magic's most new most new, most recent great format. I think the word you're looking for is newest. I am looking for newest. My god,
1: most new.
0: <laughs> most new. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey we've been trying to record this episode for a while now um, yes yeah, so,
1: like i think we've been trying to record this episode community for about seven hours at this
0: point so yeah there have been issues but yeah. thank you for sticking with us <laughs> if you do want to get in touch with us and let us know how you feel about pioneer you can hit us up on twitter we are at hfdcast facebook.com slash hfdcast or if you really enjoyed anything that you've heard in the show you can get us on patreon where tiers start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode that's over at patreon.com slash
1: Devastation. You can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud, and I'm going to say iTunes. Uh, if you would like to leave us a review or a comment or, or share any of those platforms, we'd really, really appreciate it. It helps get out to, to more people, or just tell people that you know to listen to this podcast where people can't speak and they have lukewarm takes about things.
0: Awesome. If you want to find <laughs> me... <laughs> no, seriously, would, yeah, we appreciate... We appreciate you sharing and leaving a like and, you know everything that we every any sort of feedback at all we get we love and we definitely do take it on board
1: i can just hear you cringing through the microphone where i decry our own podcast just i like <laughs> say something negative about a podcast i can just hear you getting upset i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay it's okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want to check me out on my own personal social media on twitter i'm at peach garden oaf that's both with an f facebook i'm joe loudon i mean any of the magic groups pretty much i'm sure you'll you'll see me around uh, or you can also hit me up on Twitch, Twitch.tv/PeachGardenOath, and YouTube. um Peach Garden Oaf, thats O with an F. On YouTube, uh, I'm going to be having a, a new video coming out quite soon. Uh, hopefully, in uh, in the next week, uh, it's all about identifying cards. So check that out if that's something you're interested in.
1: I've had a thought. Yeah. So you know how you were kind of uh, moving away from, well, like uh, annoyed that you had Peach Garden Oaf as your as your sort of handle. Yeah, how do you feel about Oath of the Gatewatch?
0: Oh, that's pretty good.
1: It is. I know we'd have to like you'd have to change your entire online brand. Yeah, but since you know, with all the stuff we're going on with with Peach though, like you know, Oath of the Gatewatch—that's something for you to stick in the back of your brain.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have a think. I do like that a lot. Thank I, you. I
1: mean, it's not very—it's not very clever because I just did exactly the same thing you did, but I just found a different series of words that contained oath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you want to find uh, me on Twitter, it's at Snail69. Nice. Thank you. Uh, I have nothing funny to say.
0: That's not true. You say quite a lot of funny things.
1: Oh, no, I have nothing funny to say uh, at that this. That's very kind of you. I don't think I'm very funny. <laughs> uh, I have nothing funny to say at this particular moment.
0: And on that note, <laughs> that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, the Godfaro has returned. We'll see you again next week on Narrative Devastation.